Welcome back to 716 Fast Break Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Wade Austin, and joining me is my co-host, Derek Head, Dylan Head, Ryan Bonnes, and Tyler Winkman. In this podcast, we go over all things NFL, NHL, NBA, and MLB. Um, for right now, we're going to get started with the NHL. Dylan Head, take it away. All right. Well, right now, well, the only team advanced is the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference right now. The Islanders and Flyers are still tied in overtime. If the Islanders win, they will play Tampa Bay. The Knights and the Canucks play tonight, and the Knights are up 3-2 over the Canucks. And Friday is a Game 7, Colorado versus Dallas. Who do you guys think is going to win, and who's going to take it all? I have Colorado being Dallas. I had the Vegas Knights beating the Canucks tonight. And... I have – I'm going to go with the Islanders pulling it off and being the Flyers tonight. 100% I agree with you. I had the – from the beginning, I had the Flyers shaking it all. So, I guess we'll we'll see if I, that still stands tonight. Yeah, I'm honestly thinking, to be 100% honest, I think it's going to be Tampa who wins it all. It's just the role they're on, they're playing some damn good hockey. Sometimes that long break will hurt you, though. I got to go with Vegas. <laughs> are we going with who's going to win it all? Or are we just talking about these series? Both. I got Flyers winning it all. Oh, for me, whoever wins the series between the Islanders and the Flyers is going to take the Stanley Cup. That's- I mean, I don't, I don't see that, that Vancouver-Vegas series ending tonight. I see it going, you know in the game seven and whoever comes out of the west is going to be going to earn it and it's going to be a good good series regardless of who the two teams are to go to the final or to play for the final all right we also had a trade this week jake allen of the blues was traded to montreal for a third and a seventh round pick that Strictly, in my opinion, is just a cap move for the Blues, trying to recuperate some cap money. I mean, they 100% got agree. they got Bennington in that. They don't really need Allen. Not much in the NHL world has happened this week. Pretty slow week, but we do have some trade rumors for the Sabres. Uh, the rumor is the Sabres are going to try to acquire goaltender Matt Murray and defenseman McCain from the Penguins, which to me... They're both RFAs, so we'd have to work out a contract with them, but we would get the rights. To me, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, we have like 400 defensemen on our team, and we already have Olmark and Hutton and Yuko Pekka Lukanen. What the hell do we need another goalie for? Especially with the expansion draft coming up. You can only save one. The one thing I could say about Hutton is the way it makes sense is – Murray is younger. He's only 26, while Hutton's 34. Um, Hutton did go 12, 14, and 4 in the season with averaging 3.18 goals against a game. And he had a save percentage below 0.900 of 0.898, so not that far off. Um, he, he has a career average of 0.911, so this year was definitely dipped down in the worst way. While Murray, he went 20-11-5 in the regular season with a 2.68 goal, 
goals against average and a save percentage just slightly above Hutton's with a 0.899 on the season. But his career average is a 0.914. So both of them had down years. So I could see why they would trade out Hutton for Murray just based on age and total production. They would just have to either bury him in Rochester or find a trade partner for Hutton is all. Yeah, I think Hutton gets traded. Yeah, dump him for a seventh. Future seventh. Someone will take him, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not a bad goalie. He had eye surgery this offseason. He's kind of blind. So maybe something yeah. he should have done midseason if he was struggling that bad. But Yeah, I'm pretty sure is. his time as a Sabre has come to an end. Especially if we get Murray, yeah. 100%. Because you don't trade all Mark. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be our lock goaltender come off season. So, all right. Do you have anything else to add for the NHL? Nope, that's it, Wade. All right. Um, going over for the NHL, we're going to switch right over to the NBA, where um, we're on to round two, where the Heat are up two nothing over the Bucks. Jimmy Butler drops forty points in game one. The Heat did blow a six-point lead in the second game with 20 seconds left. Um, there was a questionable call on Goran Dragic, but luckily, sh- shortly thereafter, we had another questionable call, but go in our favor with 0.0 seconds left on the clock. The, get- the game was tied. It's getting ready to go into overtime. Butler goes to shoot. He gets foul- fouled, shooting the three. Um all he had to do was make one free throw, and it was a little dramatic, but it finally went in. So now the Heat are up 2 nothing over the Bucks. Um, we also had the Celtics versus the Raptors, um, which the series is now 2-1 to one after the Raptors hit a buzzer beater to beat the Celtics by one point. Crazy game. Unfortunately, we did not get to see it. We were in here talking, but... That series is going to be a hell of a series. Um, you had Jazz finish. Sorry, I didn't quite catch that. Siri, suck. <laughs> we had the Jazz um, go up against the Nuggets in Game Seven. The Nuggets came out victorious in that game. Um, they will face off against the Clippers now. In that series, Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray combined to score 470 points. 75 points in the same series, which is an NBA record for two opponents on different teams. Um, we had the Lakers finish off the Trailblazers pretty easily, 4-1. to one. The Trailblazers were without Damian Lillard for Game 5, so Lakers should have easily taken that. Um, LeBron James and Anthony Davis both averaged over 25 points in that series. Um... The Lakers were one and two in the regular season versus against the Rockets. So the Rockets have a good fine chance to pull it off, which is our next topic. The Rockets beat the Thunder 4-3. They won the game 104 to 102, which was an absolute nail biter. James Harden with a monster um, block. Yeah. You also had a questionable call though on Chris Paul for yeah. delay a game. Yeah. That was talk of it. But the Rockets still came out victorious. Got to give it to them. Honestly, the fact that um, the even... Clippers, like I stated, are going off against the Denver Nuggets around two. 
the Clippers were 2-1 against the Nuggets in the regular season. And then after all that, the Brooklyn Nets, after they were eliminated from the playoffs, they signed Steve Nash to a four-year contract to be their next head coach. What do you guys think about that? That's a good signing. No coaching experience. I think he'll do really good. You've seen it before before with Steve Kerr. No coaching experience. He's gone on to win NBA championships with the Golden State Warriors. Um, Steve Nash, while he was in the league, he became an NBA Hall of Famer. He is one of the most – he's probably one of the smartest players to ever play the game. Um, I think it was a really good hire. Yeah, there were more people that were more qualified, but sometimes you got to take the gamble. Well, we've, yeah. I mean, we've seen it before, too, where you get coaches who have years and years of successful experience, like Phil Jackson, goes to the Knicks and absolutely sucks with them. So, I mean, like you said, just because you have a coachable experience doesn't, doesn't guarantee anything. So yeah, but he's trying to coach 10 down. Rocks in New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think someone who's coming off that fresh from being a player has a better chance of being a better coach. Oh, no, no. I 100% agree with that. Um, after that, you had Jamora being announced today as the NBA Rookie of the Year. He was a number two overall pick by the Grizzlies. He averaged 18 points a game, four rebounds, and seven assists. Well-deserving. I love Tyler Hero, but he was injured for most – a lot of the season, and he only averaged 13 points a game, but they were clutch points. But got to give it to Jay Moore as the uh, NBA Rookie of the Year. Well, and Giannis, I was gonna, oh. I was gonna say too. If uh, honestly, it was real close between him and Zion. But at the end of the day, if Ja Ja Ja, is whatever <laughs> is watching this, we're sorry he butchered your name, which you're probably not. So that's fine. I wouldn't watch this either. No, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was kidding. Fuck. Yeah, we're going to cut you off there. <laughs> and go, go into the Greek freak who won the defensive player of the year. Um, who most people, I don't know why, are voting for the MVP the NBA season. I think Dylan has something to say about that. I mean, I don't know. I just don't think he is the best player in the league this year. Last year, I'll give it to him. But this year, I mean, you can go many different routes. You obviously go Harden. I'm a little biased there. Three (laughs) three scoring titles in a row in today's NBA is just crazy. I'm not even the Rockets fan. I'll go with James Harden, too. Yeah, He's been snubbed way too many times. He should have four or five MVPs. I will say James Harden has probably been one of the biggest MVP snuffs in the NBA. Their First issue was... is that they always get eliminated early in the NBA playoffs. But, hey, they moved on to round two. P.J. Tucker is going to have a fun time guarding Anthony Davis. Oh, yeah, that's going to be fun, which is going to get us into our next topic. Who do you have winning these series? We had uh, first Miami versus the Bucks. Miami's up 2-0, and I still have Miami win this, like I said before. I got Miami. Me too. In six. You know, I'm not going to flop. I'm going to stay <clears> with exactly what I was talking about. I think the Bucks find a way to come back and win the series. I really do. 
you're high. <laughs> we'll see. Wouldn't be the first I'm, time. I'm sticking with my guns, man. I've seen it too many times where you've got a comfortable three-one lead or three-zero lead, and the next thing you know, you're losing four-three. Yeah, but Miami never plays that way, though. They don't play well, comfortable. Here's the thing, though. We have been up 2-0 before, and it was in the NBA Finals against the Dallas Mavericks, and we lost 4-2. So it has happened Somehow. before. <laughs> but me, I still have Miami win that. You didn't lose to the Mavericks. You lost to Dirk. Yeah. True, true. It was an unstoppable <laughs> force in that goddamn <laughs> I agree. Uh, next, we have the Celtics versus the Raptors. The Celtics are up 2-1. Um, I believe I originally had the Raptors win this, so I'm just going to stay with that. Celtics in five. Celtics <clears throat> in five. Yeah. I, think, I think Raptors in seven. I got Raptors in seven. All right. Um, after that, we have the Nuggets against the Clippers. I got the Clippers. Clippers are currently winning, too, by the way. And they're playing right now? Yeah, yeah they're playing right now. Yeah. All right, yeah, I got the Clippers win that series. Nuggets in six. Oh, damn. Clippers uh, in five. I'm not going to predict on this one. I don't know this one too well. Honestly, I'm thinking Clippers 4-1. I just think, I think Kawhi is too much for Denver. I usually don't say this, but I agree with Bonus. <laughs> First time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and then we got the Lakers facing off against the Rockets. I had the Rockets against Heat in the NBA Finals, so I'm going to go with the Rockets. Rockets. Rockets in seven. Yep, Rockets. same seven. I hate, I hate to say it. Lakers in five. I, I think, honestly, AD and LeBron are going to go off in the series, and they're going to end up shutting down. Bonus, you need to turn around. <laughs> the, the one thing that does bother me, though, between the Rockets and the Lakers is the defense for the Rockets. Well, they don't have anyone above 6'5 on their team. so Exactly. That's going to be the issue with Anthony Davis in the paint. Well, I will Make say, them fall. I will say honestly, the part of the reason why I think that Harden's been snuffed so much or snubbed so much for the NBA MVP is because the fact that um, he doesn't play defense. Yeah, he had a key block in that series, but a lot of times he's not known as a defensive player. He scores it's getting a lot better. Of so I think that's why he never wins yeah. the MVP. But that's also why I think the Lakers dismantle Houston, just because the fact that I don't think their defense is good enough to contain those those two. Now you start adding everybody else in. I just I don't see it. Don't forget, like I said, um, the Rockets were two and one against the Lakers in the regular season. Like you said last week, I know it's the NBA playoffs, but you said the same thing about Miami and the Bucks, and Miami's being the Bucks right now, two nothing. Hey, one for two, fifty percent is not bad. All right. Well, oh, three games there, one and two. We don't need to talk about. Well, that takes us to the end of the segment for the NBA. Right now, we're going to switch over to MLB. Ryan Boss, take it away. All right, so the first thing I want to talk about is, obviously, it is a sad day over the last couple days since Tom Seaver 
arguably, not arguably, the greatest Met to ever play the game. He is the greatest Met of all time. Passed away at 74. So, well, 75. So definitely, you know, rest in peace to you and his families and our thoughts. Um, Some history going on. I think it's been very interesting this year. We have seen three, three home run games in the matter of the last week. And actually, Ozuna and Duvall on the Braves were actually the first teammates in MLB history to hit three or more home runs in back-to-back consecutive nights. That's absolutely insane. Um, honestly, I don't have much to say about that. I believe um, Atlanta's playing really good ball right now. So I think the Braves could be a serious contender once the playoffs come around. Oh, without a doubt, especially especially at this point with there only being about 30 or 29 games left roughly. Um, but honestly, I think the biggest thing too is like, and the third person you've seen on that is the Giants, Giants Dickerson. He played the other night. And obviously, they put up 23 runs and 27 hits, which has been the most for the Giants or either team that played in that game since 1990. Yep. Insane. The Giants, they've been getting better as the season's going on. So we'll see if they can keep it up and possibly battle for a wild card spot. Well, and the crazy part, too, with that whole thing is. He should have walked away. Any other field in the major league, he walks away with four home runs in that game. But yeah, he, he came with just short a four hundred and fourteen foot double. There is no other park in center field that holds that ball. He hits it anywhere to the left or right, even like within six feet. It's a it's a fourth home run in MLB history. When's the last time we saw someone hit four home runs? Exactly, and the score was twenty three to five. So let's not talk about the unwritten rules anymore. Yeah, honestly, at that point, it's still not as bad as the Texas Rangers when they won 30-2 to against the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, back in 2007. Yep. Um, kind of leads me, honestly, to the next point, which is Josh Hader. They're calling him unhittable Hader. He has started the season with 12 straight appearances. And not of not letting up a hit. That's un that's almost unheard of. Yes, there's only in eleven innings, but still to have twelve straight appearances and go eleven innings without letting up a single hit is impressive. That's actually mm. an MLB re- uh, record. Really? Yeah, it's an MLB record. No one has ever started the the last one. I think was eleven. He just he just broke it with twelve. The so he has literally gone, had more hitless innings or appearances in, to start a season than any other pitcher in a major league history. Jeez. I did not know that. Yep. And now for the fun one. This one, Tyler was real excited to talk about. Let's talk about Rays versus Yankees. All right, the other night. <laughs> kind of give everyone a context. So three years ago, the Rays threw at Romaine, which is a batter for the Yankees, head. It was a 92-mile-an-hour fastball. Okay, was done intently. They got hit a bunch in the series. So, the Rays, this past series, has been have been throwing up and in to make the Yankees hitters uncomfortable. 
Not at their heads, but a little inside, a little up. So, of course, what happens? Someone gets hit. The Yankees then use Tanaka and intentionally hit a race batter. Seems like it's all done and over with, right? Seems like it's done. No big deal. You get to the – that should be it. In my opinion, when it comes to hitting people, that should be it. You hit the person, you settle it, you're done. We get to the ninth inning, and Araldis Chapman starts throwing freaking up and in. Gets to a young player and throws a 100-mile-an-hour fastball at his head. Tyler, what's your thoughts on this? Um, Honestly, I think the Yankees-Rays rivalry probably overtakes that of the Yankees and Red Sox. It's just, since the start of 2018, the Yankees have hit 19 Rays and the Rays have hit 14 Yankees. Entering last night. Jeez. That's, that, that's crazy. I mean, as far as Chapman goes, you know, and he throws, we all know he throws major heat. He says he didn't, had no intention of doing it. He did get hit with a three-game suspension. He's playing through an appeal right now. But it's just like, you throw that hard, you would think you have some control over where it goes. But I don't know. Well, I personally don't know how to throw a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, so I have no opinion on that. But it's just like, come on. Yeah, I That's okay. It. Aroles Chapman got just what he deserved tonight against the Yankees. I mean, against the Mets by giving up a lead in the ninth inning. Solo home run, and then in the tenth inning, the Mets walk off with the Pete Alonso's home run, bringing two runs. Yeah, it's it's absolutely that is a little payback. And honestly, context in this, he almost hit Dominic Dom Smith tonight in the face with a fastball, or else Chapman did in the ninth inning. So maybe he has lost some of his control. That's honestly, I'm not even that mad about it. You want honestly, what really ticks me off about the whole thing. And I was going to go off on Aroldis Chapman, but after seeing that tonight, I don't think so. But what got me after the game is after the games, they started asking the reporters about Cash's, right, his um, opinion on it, which is their coach. He goes off, says his bullshit. They hit someone early in the game. Obviously, there was intent. He said, yeah, they were throwing high up and in, but there was no intent since before three years ago. So he admitted trying to hit that player in the head three years ago was intentional. But then he makes the stupid comment of, I have a whole damn stable full of guys who throw 98 miles an hour. Period. You're a freaking asshole. Like, at that point, in I my mean, opinion, that should be a suspension from the get-go. Because regardless of what happened in that game, to come out and say, hey, I have a whole stable of guys, we'll make this into a war and throw at each other's fucking faces, is bullshit. And I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> But you get jackass of the day. Because I'm sorry. It's just stupid. Like, I understand that you're frustrated, but don't make those comments. You're stupid. Do it like everyone else. Hit them in the ass. Don't mess with people's freaking lives with 100-mile-an-hour fastballs at your head. It's just not safe or smart. Just fight like hockey. Fight like Ben. I think that's what Cash was referring to, was a Ross Chapman throwing at a head. I don't think he was talking about his pitchers throwing at people's heads. I'm 
think well, he's talking about his team getting payback and pegging the shit out of him. Well, people well, never do wrong yeah, in your eyes. Honestly, you're right. You're probably right. But the threat that he made, he didn't say, hey, I have guys that throw hard and we'll hit you and send a statement. Was he, he was, wrong? He was talking directly about Aurelis Chapman almost hitting the kid in the head. So to yeah. me, that's come and to come out and say you have a stable for full of ninety-eight plus, that tells me right there that you're going to go after and you don't care where you hit them, and that's what bothers me because but, I guarantee because they've been pitching up and in this entire series, so it wouldn't but, surprise me all of a sudden you see a hundred mile an hour fastball so, towards someone else's head, which that series is over now. So yeah, yeah. yeah. and they don't play each other for the rest of the season. I mean, their yeah. ten games is done. But if you look at it uh, statistically, the Yankees do struggle with up and then pitches. Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%. I'm not saying you're wrong on that. It's just in that time, in that place, you can't make that threat. Because that's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, I can understand where you're coming from. I, I see it a completely different way, but I yep. can understand what you're coming from. Yep. And then I think for the final topic, guys. As far as the MLB, kind of we kind of cover the Mets at least once once an episode, right? Um, <laughs> and that is the Mets actually traded, and I don't really care about the catcher and the pitcher they got. In all honesty, they are just middle of the road guys. But the Mets got Todd Frazier back, which is awesome because he was a good producing Met last year for us, and we let him go, and we decided to get him back with our offense struggling. And his first at bat is back as a Met. Hits a home, hits a two-run home run, and has four extra base hit, or three extra base hits. You like the guy so much, why you let him go just to bring him back? It's baseball, man. I mean, that's like yeah. Will, that's like one more. It just makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's it was, it's like the Mets obsession with um, Bruce for a while there too. They kept bringing him back too. In, in baseball, what it kind of turns into in all honesty, because. A lot of his prospects, and you're not for those kind of guys, you're not giving away a lot of prospects, or you're just paying cash for them anyway. Because unlike the NFL, not everything is a draft pick. You right. have cash offers, you have player offers, and it kind of becomes at the trade deadline. If your team is struggling and you had someone last year, or the year before, you know will come in and help you produce, it's like zero risk to go pull pull them back. So the, the MLB does that all the time. But outside of that, that's going to be it for the MLB. So I think uh, we're going to send it back to Wade for the NFL. I actually have a couple more things to add about the MLB. Ooh, I like it. Let's go over one of my favorite players at this time, Fernando Tatis Jr. He was named the player of the month. Um, he had a .313 band average, and he had 11 home runs in this month. So I think it was well-deserving. Fernando Tatis is quickly becoming one of the young rising stars in the MLB, and it's good to see the Padres actually playing good ball. Um, we do have a bunch of Indians fans, and the Indians are no joke this season. The Indians are currently 23-14. and 14. They're first in the AL Central, one game ahead of the White Sox, who not many people saw the White Sox being this good. Um, when you talk about the Indians, you have to talk about Shane Bieber. Yep. He's thrown 82 Ks in the first 50 innings pitching this season, which is an MLB record. Yep. And he's 6-0 as a starter this season with a 1.20 ERA. Definitely the leading Cy Young candidate this year. And then you had Tristan McKenzie, who made his debut last week. 
Um, he is currently 2 0. Um, he has a 1.69 ERA. Yeah, so, see, I have to say with McKenzie, I'll be 100% honest on that. I might be wrong. I might be eating my words from last week. He come out. He came out this week. Was perfect for the through the first three innings. Walked away with two or three hit baseball and zero earned runs. So it's yeah. just strikeouts. So I mean, I might have to eat my words. The Indians are scary, but the one thing I don't understand is with Bieber and now you have um, McKenzie. Why trade Clevenger? Why? He. Because. I understand the whole like COVID thing early in the year. But to have those three in a bit, as a big rotation, that's just wicked. Like, I don't understand why you just trade them away. Because you get more um, out of him with trade because he had been injured and he was falling off a little bit. Um, they did trade him to the Padres, I believe. To the Padres, yeah. And he'll, he was making his debut tonight. I haven't seen anything for that Padres game. But it was all love between the two. Um, the Indians were very loving on Twitter to him. Um, but they did have a player. I can't remember the pitcher's name off the tip, the tip of my tongue who was looking good in the minors, and he was supposed to be coming up. But with Mike Clevenger coming back up, they had to keep him down. So I think what they were doing was making room for him on the pitcher rotation. Yeah, no, honestly, and that might have been a better move. I just looked at I just looked at the game. He went six innings, seven hits, two earned runs, a walk, and only two strikeouts and a loss to the Angels. You know, Wade, those are some really good points. All right, guys, I think that's going to be it for MLB. Let's go to Wade for the NFL. All right. So we had a big trade kickoff the week. Uh, the Jaguars traded Yannick Nagakwe to the Vikings. They received a 2021 second-round pick and a conditional 2022 fifth-round pick. In four seasons, Nagakwe has had 122 tackles, 37 and a half sacks, two interceptions. He agreed to a one-year, $12 million contract, which is $5 million left, less than what the tag would have been, which just shows how bad he wanted to get out of Jacksonville, which can't blame him. Everyone's leaving Jacksonville. Uh, speaking of that, the Jacksonville Jaguars released Leonard Fournette, who is a former number four overall pick. Um, in three years, he had a total of 3,639 total yards, which is rushing and receiving, and 19 total touchdowns. He ended up signing yesterday with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What do you guys think about all that? Fournette in Tampa Bay, <clears throat> I mean – it's nice, but they've got four backs now. So I don't know what that situation is going to look like, but I think he's definitely going to be the number one back there. Well, according to um, Bruce Arians, they said that Ronald Jones is their starting running back as of right now. So we'll see how long that lasts. I'm thinking week two. I think after the first week and Fournette puts up 85 yards off the bench, He's gonna have the starting role. It's just he is he is so explosive. And the weird the weird part, you know the Jacksonville Jaguars are trying to tank because they just traded Fournette, which in my opinion cut him. he's twenty five years old. Or cut him, yeah, yeah, cut him, sorry. He's twenty five years old, just entering the some of the best football he's gonna play. Like they are trying to get he's everybody a- who was there for that AFC championship team out and start fresh. Well, he's the type of running back. Who you can build a team around. 
There's not many running backs in the league that you can do that with. Yeah. You could with him. Honestly, he reminds me a lot of. Well, Adrian once Peterson said that I like. Once said that I saw that I pretty much that I like um, Nick Chubb from the Cleveland Browns. He averages four yards per carry after contact, while Leonard Fournette averages four yards per carry overall. So I don't think Leonard Fournette is as good as some people make him see him. Um, but I guess we'll see now that he actually has a quarterback. Well, to be honest with you, you got to look at that. Um, he hasn't Dylan. had a quarterback. Oh. oh, sorry. He hasn't had a quarterback in the last three years. Right? He's been there. Three years. He's since been in the league, right? They, have, they didn't have a great offensive line. But you're still four yards of carry and over 1,000 yards last year. I think in Tampa, he's easily going to be – a thirteen to fourteen hundred yard back. If he's the feature back. Yes, exactly. Which you have a heavy backfield in Tampa. Um, Dylan, I want to get some of your thoughts on the Nagakwe trade. It's just man, Vikings just won that trade. Their defense just got even more scary. So many superstars on that defense. I mean, who do you guard? Him or Hunter? Then you got Kendricks and Barr at linebacker and Harrison Smith in the backfield. What do you do? Exactly. That defense is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Purple people eaters. They're back. <laughs> 2.0. Um, now that we glanced over that a little bit, um, let's go over to the Texans who signed linebacker Zach Cunningham to a four-year, $58 million extension. Well-deserving. I think he's been one of the more up-and-coming linebackers in the NFL lately. Um, he did struggle from a little bit in that playoff game against the Buffalo Bills. But overall, throughout the season, he looked pretty good. Um, you had the Bengals sign Joe Mixon to a four-year, $48 million extension. I know some people had a problem with that just because it was re-signed with the Bengals. <laughs> I think a lot of us want to see what he could do somewhere else because the Bengals are going to be down in the bottom half of the league for at least two of those years. Yep. Well, this is a weird season, too, for running backs because look at the running backs who try to get paid, who haven't been able to, like Kamara and some of the other guys. Like Next year's free agency is a very, very talent-filled you know, free, free agency. It is. It's going to be crazy. There's a lot of, there's a yeah, lot of good talent. Running backs are starting to, like, players in college, there's more and more and more of them coming through where, yep. I mean, every year you, you could have a new running back every single year and still have, get 1,000 rushing yards. Yep. 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 Um, running back is becoming uh, one of the least valued positions in the NFL. It's turned into a passing league. It's not like the 90s and 80s where you need a ground and pound game in order to succeed in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, it's it honestly helps. I mean, look at the Titans last year without Derrick Henry scoring fifteen hundred yards. They're they're not in the position they are to go to the AFC Championship without him. They just happen to get really good timely passes from Ryan Tannehill to AJ Brown and those other receivers. Where Derrick Henry was the difference maker. So I mean, it definitely pays to have a great running back, but like Wade said, well, it's not necessary. You're still gonna you're gonna ha- you're gonna get them running backs, you know, like, um, you know, like Derrick Henry that can ground and pound and get get the yards just 
by brute force, but it's far and few between now. Like I said last week, and we're probably going to go over this many times between now and the end of the season with running backs, they're a dime a dozen. As you can tell, you could go undrafted like Philip Lindsay and put up Pro Bowl numbers every single season. Yep. Um, after the Joe Mixon signing, uh, the Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, have signed Andy Reid and their GM, Brett Veach, to a six-year extension. Well-deserved. It was good to see Andy Reid get over that hump. They are... Oh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. They are setting them... They know they have a dynasty right now. The biggest thing that's going to hurt them is that huge signing to Patrick Mahomes. They just better hope that they know how to manage their cap space. If they can, if they can manage it good, they are going to be the next Patriots dynasty. See, honestly, I've heard people say that. Here's my honest opinion on that, though. The contract they gave him is spread, spread so long over the term. Everyone's like, well, now they paid Mahomes. How are they going to have money to pay any of these other big guys? It's so spread out. They get to choose where Patrick Mahomes gets the front of his money. It very well could be if they're signing players for three to four years or even six years, it could be the majority of that money might be coming after this six, five, six year window, which is, I think what they're really hoping to capture on and try to win these Super Bowls in the then. Yeah, but they got that. They just signed Kelsey too. So they got that little bit more money tied up. And they're going to be signing Tyreek Hill here, I'm sure, to a big deal. Yeah, which is, no, it's 100%. But what, but what I'm saying is, like, if they, let's say, out of that $400 million they just spent on Patrick Mahomes, $300 million of that could be outside that five, six-year mark. Yeah. So that, that's well, what I mean, is they could be spreading it around so much that it might not even impact their salary cap, or they might be picking the years where their salary cap, based on the contracts they have, are going to be the most friendly in the, that time frame. Yeah. And their GM, Brett Veach, has shown that he's good at managing the cap because at the beginning of free agency, they had, I think, a record low of like a dollar over the cap. And he was able to manage it so that they could sign Patrick Mahomes to this huge extension. And George, ah, I almost said George Kelsey. <laughs> Travis <laughs> Kelsey to an extension. So he's shown, so he's shown that he's going to imagine the cat. Yep. Um, let's switch over to an injury that happened. Um, unfortunately for my Chargers, Derwin James suffered a knee injury, and he's out for the rest of the season. Um, he's one of the young star safeties in the league, and these last two seasons he's been knocked up, and it's pretty sad to see. Big hole. Yeah, it is. I, I don't know who they had to fill it, but that's going to be a big hole in that secondary. Luckily, in free agency, they did get Chris Harris Jr. at cornerback, even though that doesn't help at safety. I think that helps their um, defense against the pass a lot. Um, moving on from that, we had the Raiders, who Tyrell Williams, after he said he was going to play through the pain, decided to undergo surgery to fix a torn labrum in his shoulder, and he's going to be out for the 2020 season. Um, they also released cornerback Prince of Mukamura, who I would not be surprised ends up with the Buffalo Bills as death to the cornerback position. He's still a 
decent player for his value, though. So that's I really would not argue with that. No, especially with Josh Norman being knocked up. Uh, he's back in practice, so it looks like he's getting better. But Levi Wallace just went out with a hamstring injury too, so I think it would make sense to bring in Prince. Oh, 100%. Um, exactly. I think it would be a good addition. Sean McDermott has shown that he likes to pick up veteran cornerbacks for depth, and Prince Mukamura has been one of the more premier depth cornerbacks in the NFL. So it just makes too much sense. Well, the, um, thing about, well, the thing about Prince too is he has an, he has enough experience at cornerback. I feel like if they ever got in a pinch, they could also throw him in at safety too. So it's never a bad thing to sign somebody like that. Exactly. I think we're good at safety with who we have, but just in case, it wouldn't be a bad pickup. I mean, we have Johnson, who we drafted from Miami last year, who has shown that he's pretty good in pass coverage, but he's also a special teams ace. So I think we're good there. Also with Dean Marlowe and Saran Neal, who is a safety but plays slot corner when needed. As Saran Neal's coming into his own, I think he could be a beast in the NFL. If we move on from Teron Johnson, Saran Neal could be just what we needed. Yeah, one of the one of the biggest things that teams don't really look at or they overlook too much is covering the tight ends. More and more tight ends now are starting to be real good receivers, and they're they keep throwing linebackers at them. You just can't you can't do it anymore. No, nope. you, you gotta have so you I gotta have linebacker safety. I think That's Prince will fill that role too. There are only a handful of linebackers in the NFL. That can cover a good tight end. And Deion Jones, Atlanta Falcons. Exactly. There, there yep. are some out there, but they're far and few between. Like Matthew, Edmonds is like getting Matthew good at it. I was about to say Tremaine Edmonds is going to be there. But he, see, the problem is here's the thing though. Realistically, if you break down Edmonds, and you're probably going to disagree, you break down Edmonds' game, he really is more of that run stuffer. Like yes, he gets interceptions, but it's because what they do is he'll eat up a lineman and then release off. Matt Milano is probably the one of the best coverage linebackers in the league. I'll agree. Matt Milano has been one of the more premier pass coverage linebackers in the NFL. Um, but like me and Dylan were talking about before the show started, Tremaine Edmonds is only 21 years old. Mm-hmm. He's still growing. Yeah. Um, he was an alternate in the Pro Bowl last year. He didn't get to play because not enough people opted out of the Pro Bowl. But he's shown that he's making progress, and he's only going to get better. He's an absolute freak on the field. His instincts at the linebacker position for being as young as he is are amazing. Like the wearable, I watched a play where he'll go and he'll conf- like engage with the center, and then as soon as he realizes he knows he's not getting to the cornerback, the quarterback, he sheds him and then looks for the ball, which is hard to uh, attack if you're a quarterback because you don't know if he's coming yeah. or not. He's Brian Arakpo with a brain. And he, help, he helps our pass rush. He eats up that lineman, and the minute he eats up the lineman, there's no more double team. And that helps our pass rush. It helps our coverage because he drops back. He He's a hell of a player, and Sean McDermott is a freaking animal when it comes to coaching and defensive minds with Leslie Frazier. And last year, you saw the progress right there on the field. At the beginning of the year, he was struggling where to go, especially in pass protection. Um, but as the season went on, he got a lot better at reading the motions on the offense. So he's going to be a perennial pro bowler 
for the years to come. Yep. Which Matt Milano, by the way, should be our next signing. I agree. And Trey White. Uh, and Trey White. What, Tyler? Milano's still young too, isn't he? Only in like year two or three or no, this like is his fourth year. Ah, see, that's why he's still early on in his career. Season. Exactly, he's only coming into his prime. But um, speaking of linebackers, back to the Raiders, they did trade for Raekwon McMillan from the Dolphins, who we know very well. Um, Josh Allen made him look silly on a couple plays last year. So, adios. Um, you had the Lions, who signed offensive ta- tackle Taylor Decker to a six-year, $85 million extension. I think that was well-deserved. He's one of the best tackles in the league. You got to keep your offensive line together. Um, let's get to the Bucks, who, as we mentioned earlier, signed Leonard Fournette to a one-year, $3.5 million deal, which on that salary, it's worth the risk. It's only three point three and a half mil. That's what I said last week. That would have been okay with the Bills signing Melvin Gordon too. Um, they also signed kicker Ryan Suckup and released kicker Elliot Fry. So hopefully that could fix the Buccaneers' field goal woes over the last couple of years. <laughs> um, the Giants signed safety Logan Ryan to a one-year, seven and a half mil contract. He recently stated that he was switching from cornerback to safety so after the injury to Xavier McKinnon. It was a well-needed pickup for the Giants, and I think that should help the defense a lot this season. Logan Ryan showed that he still has a lot of ball left in his game, and it's good to see him back on the team. Um, the Seahawks, they signed Paul Richardson, who they originally drafted. Um, gives them more speed, and also they have re-signed Josh Gordon, who's looking to be reinstated once again from the NFL. Take five. Um, huh? Take five. Take five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but if he can stay out of trouble, that's a wide receiver tandem to watch out for between him, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. People, people don't realize that Josh Gordon, his rookie year, he had almost 1,700 yards. So, I In mean, 13 games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And mean, Tyler Lockett has the speed and the hands to become one of the most promising young receivers in the NFL if he could stay healthy. Speaking of health issues, let's get to the Eagles, who always seem to have health issues. Um, offense tackle Andre Dillard tore his bicep and is out for the season. He joins their guard Brooks, who is also out for the season. Eagles offensive woes are just going to continue through the season. And I would not be surprised if we see Carson Wentz go down once again with an injury. He already has in training camp. Well, so it, it's a soft tissue issue. It wasn't much. It was just holding him out for precaution. Yeah, I think honestly, what's going to end up happening halfway through the season? Unfortunately, I don't want to say it because I do like Carson Wentz. We're going to see what Hurts has. Hurts, right? Hurts, yep. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, we're going to see what he has. And honestly, this offense this year is going to do what it did last year. It's going to lean on on Miles Sanders, and they're going to try to run down people's throats, and they're going to try to do damage that way. Which the kind of back that Miles Sanders has proved last year that he was when he torched Buffalo. Unfortunately, 
Um, he he can be dangerous if you give him the ball in the right opportunities. So I think that's a team to watch out for. Yep. Well, with all these injuries, I don't I don't think they're going to be much of a threat. Um, speaking of a team that's not a threat, let's go to the Jets, who <laughs> signed. Are they ever a threat? No, not really. Not since 2010. Uh, the Jets signed once promising wide receiver Dante Moncrief, who was drafted by the Colts and recently spent time with the Steelers. Um, they are a team to watch out for recently released wide receiver from the Patriots, Muhammad Sanu. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, also with the Patriots, they think Cam Newton is starting quarterback. And, and a captain. captain. Yep. Um, the Titans, they signed longtime Patriots kicker Steven Gostowski, which is weird to see him no longer in a Patriots uniform after all these years. He's been there since Adam Vinatieri left. Yep. That, that's going to be weird. I guess yeah. it's nice to see also brought in Hoshka for kicking competition, too. Yep, they brought on Steven Hauska, and apparently Kostowski won that kicking battle. Uh, apparently, Hauska's just going to keep taking L's this offseason. It's good to see Goskowski's hip better because he, he had a really bad hip last year. That's why we let him go. Yeah, he missed four <laughs> extra points, I believe, last season. Yep, he, he couldn't kick straight at all. We got to so, think, too, from the repetitive motion that these, guys, these kickers and punters go through. Like I'm amazed that like even Pat McAfee, in his career, he had like two two knee surgeries. You know his <clears throat> hips were messed up. Like, well, it's yeah. it's almost yeah. a point where you're if these kickers want to have any kind of like long term like not painful life after kicking, you've got to be done within like eight years. Well, yeah, I mean people don't realize the amount of power and force that they actually use. Yep. I mean, it looks easy on TV, but exactly. Um, going from that, we had the Cowboys cutting Haha Clinton Dix, a safety he's be a charger. He, he's going to be a charger. Yeah, they got to replace Derwin James for a season. It, true, that does make sense. I would not mind that. Um, but from what we think, we think that the Cowboys are making room for no other than Earl Thomas, who I thought was going to be uh Cleveland Brown, but. They decided to trade a fifth-round pick for no-name safety from Jacksonville. So, kudos to them, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Earl Thomas will be the Cowboy by Monday. I think so, too. And you had the Colts showing that offensive line really matters. They signed their center, Ryan Kelly, to a four-year, $50 million extension. You got to pay the guys up front if you want to have a solid offense, especially if you have a quarterback behind you like Philip Rivers, who is pretty much just a statue. Well, that's a thing uh, that is interesting to me is when Andrew Luck was back there, they had no offensive line. I think that was a huge reason why he retired. Um, now, all of a sudden, well, look what they did last year for Brissett. They're one of the best units in the league. So now you get a quarterback back there who can actually <laughs> throw the ball when he wants to, like, I think he's going to have a lot of fun there, Philip Rivers. So do I. I think he's going to take the Colts to the playoffs. Um, let's get over to a little bit of college where we had a big player opt out from LSU. 
Jamar Chase, a number one overall wide receiver, number five overall prospect in the 2021 NFL draft, has opted out of his junior year and will declare for the 2021 draft. So there's your soon-to-be New York Jet. Honestly, these players that are opting out right now, I don't think it's a bad thing because they're choosing to stay healthy and they get more training. But I will say 100% that um, it's going to come down to they're going to probably fall in the draft where they normally wouldn't. You're going to get some yeah. value picks next year. Exactly. Um, let's really quick get into the Saints um, who were rumored to be shopping Elvin Kamara after contract talks. Um, they seem to have worked that out since then. They seem to be getting closer to a contract, but their rumor was that they were willing to move him for a first-round draft pick. Um, any team that you guys could see him going to, whether it be a sign-and-trade or just a straight-up trade? Rams. Rams. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Need to replace Dante Fowler. Yeah. Um, I could see him going to the Rams. I could see him going to the Seahawks. Um, but I think that they would try to get them get him out of the NFC. And I'm not sure who would take him in the AFC. I wish the Bills would. <laughs> that would be a crazy backfield. Um, we do have Singletary and Zach Moss, to rookie. So we would have a three-headed monster, kind of like what they have up in Tampa. <laughs> but that's a lot of money to pay a run back you're going to split time with. Yeah, I think I think Kamara's gonna end up staying a Saint, and if he doesn't, this is kind of a weird place, but I think he's gonna end up in Chicago. I think Chicago needs a back like that. They have David Montgomery and they have Cohen, but I think Kamara's just a completely different animal. Yeah, it's a team I was not thinking about. Makes sense. Um, we finally have a football game next week. We had the defending champion Chiefs facing off against the Houston Texans. Who do you guys got winning? I got, I got, yeah. I got a KC 35-13. Oh, damn. Yep. Go up. Give it a little more of a chance than I would. I got KC 31-10. I think, honestly, Kansas City 35-7, to and they get to show everyone why Bill O'Brien is a clown. <laughs> <laughs> I also had a chance to win this pretty easily, but I think it's going to be a little closer. I see it being about 31 to 14, but definitely too much lost on that Texans team, especially trading your best wide receiver for a running back, which makes absolutely no sense. A hurt running back. I am calling it right now. This time next year, we are going to be talking about Deshaun Watson being traded to somebody in the NFL. Because he's not going to want to play there. Chicago. Well, apparently they're in contract talks right now. Yeah, that's true, but we'll see. We'll see. How does Bill O'Brien still have a job? The biggest thing, his reaction when Nuke Nuke, uh, Hopkins got sent out of there, with his reaction, I don't see – yeah, they might be negotiating, but I don't think that anything's going to get done because I don't think he's going to want to be there long term unless they change. I feel like that's a one-way conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Bill O'Brien just needs to be let go. Yeah, you know, how does he still have a job? I honestly have like an absolute dumpster fire. I will say the Flyers just won their game in double overtime. So awesome! So we got game, game seven. seven for Saturday night. All, All right. right, 
Like I said, whoever wins that series is going to win the Stanley Cup. Called it. Um, let's quickly get into this um, before we run out of time here. We had the bold predictions for the 2020 season. I want to go first. I have three. I have – you guys kind of talked me into this player last week. I have Kyler Murray win the MVP. Fancy I have – <laughs> I have – the Tampa Bay Bucks finishing no better than eight and eight. And I had the Buffalo Bills playing the AFC championship game. I'm only going to go with one bold prediction and I've got the bills upsetting the chiefs in the AFC championship game. I like, I like the way you're thinking. I'm not going any further than that. But that's <laughs> <where I'm calling. laughs> I've got three. I think as far as MVP goes this year, to be honest with you, I think if Josh Allen takes this next step, we're going to be talking about him as NFL MVP this year at quarterback. If he takes that next step with Stephon Diggs. My second prediction, Tampa Bay's in the Super Bowl. Got thinking about it with the adding of Fournette. I don't see a lot of teams in the NFC being able to take them out if they get hot at the right time. And Brady I'm against pre- Bills. And I'm predicting Buccaneers versus Bills for this year's Super Bowl. I think something awesome. happens in the AFC Championship game with um, with the Chiefs. I think, honestly, Buffalo's defense does probably what the Texans couldn't and probably hold them under 35 points to win the AFC Championship game. I have two bold predictions. I have either the NFC West or the NFC South having three playoff teams. I can see that. One of them is definitely going to. I mean, they're just two stacked of divisions. And for my MVP, I have Russell Wilson finally getting it. I like that. You in the the past have been a big dollar of Russell Wilson. I have, but last season won me over. I've been a big, big, I always thought he was a little overhyped, and then he just really has come on to me. If Josh Gordon comes back, he will have the best wide receiver trio in the history of NFL, I think. That's a big – that's a bold statement right there. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll honestly say this. I think the only team – if you get to the playoffs and the, both the Bucks are playing really good yeah. and the Seahawks, I think – oh, sorry, Ty. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. We are running low on time, so let's get to Tyler. Uh, my, I got one bold prediction, and I got Tampa going in the Super Bowl. Brady getting another ring and maybe finally walking away. We can only Go hope. out on top. We can only hope. <laughs> all, right, all, Bonds. all right, let's get right over to Bonds real quick so he can finish his statement, and then let's wrap it up. I was just going to say, honestly, if there's any team in the playoffs that could probably slow the Bucks down if they get hot at the right time, it's going to be that Seahawks team. If they can put it together, oh. they're going to be the, the – that's going to be the test whether they're going to make it to the Super Bowl or not. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to the Seahawks and the Buccaneers. All right. Well, that's going to end tonight's episode. Thank you all for listening or watching. Um, If you guys have anything that you want us to cover, leave it down in the comments below. Um, Once again, thank everyone. Brian, you're the donkey. Go Bills. (laughs) And go Bills. Go Bills. Everyone have a good night.